Hello and welcome. Today is September 3rd and you are listening to episode 20 of the Non Sequitur podcast. We have six people in the room, including myself. To my right, Amy, Melissa, Jackie, Scott, and Kelly. Is that is that a record? Uh, when Nick and Courtney were with us, that was also six. Okay. The infamous videotaped episode. I'm Luke, That's by right. the way. Um, so we are now out of the teens. We are we are of age to not be a teenager anymore. Nothing good happens. Nothing good happens at twenty, right? Next next podcast we can drink, and then four episodes from now we can rent cars. Something like that. As a podcast. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have a good lineup for you guys today. We've got an indie game spotlight, as usual, a debate about Seattle versus Portland, which city is better, a.k.a. which city is sucky, and a, a discussion about Top Gear, the TV show, and some fun science stuff about alcohol, and then your listener questions at the end. We have discussed the goal of keeping this short with a variety of people, and it sounds like we're going to try to compromise at the 75-minute mark Originally, we were going for 60. We were consistently hitting 90. So we're going to try to hit 75 in the middle. Um, that should hopefully keep it better. We're going to try to hit it also this week with a little four-minute bumper at the end for Charity Water. Charity Water is a charity that provides water to people in Africa mainly. Uh, they're my favorite charity, and they have big campaigns each September. So I would like you guys to consider donating to it if you have some spare money to give. Um, and with that, I guess we'll jump into the Indie Game Spotlight. Except... Oh, wait. Um, Just kidding. Apparently, we are continuing the tradition, we've now done it twice, of gift-giving on the podcast. I don't know what we're going to do for next time. We'll have to invite someone that needs to have a gift We're going to have to invite someone who needs a gift-given, but... Um, I always require gifts. <laughs> okay. All right, if you need to give so someone gifts a gift, for please. Kelly. But no, uh, Jackie and Scott, we have a present... For well, it's for Amelia, but she's too young to be on the podcast. So Amelia is their disgusting worm baby. In fact, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Push its belly. Push it somewhere else. Somewhere else. Somewhere else. <laughs> Push the hand again. All right, now try. There we go. There we go. Mm. Wait, it says something? Don't you cry for me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't like that its lips move. That's really creepy. Agreed. Uh, wow. I, love, I love giving gifts to parents that make them horrible. So, for the people who can't see what this is, what oh, can yes. you describe this? <laughs> It's oh, like wow. a purple monkey clown. They just said it's like a, it's like a yeah. It's, it's like, like a, a little Teletubby. It's like a purple monkey clown with a yellow with big polka pink shirt. lips. A disgusting pink lips. Yeah, <laughs> a little tufts of <laughs> hair, kind of like a like a little troll doll. Troll doll. Yeah. So it's meant to irritate you guys. That's my goal. Yeah, I'm gonna sneeze. Hold on. All little kids All should right. have sound effect toys. It's, it's like Luke wants to be there without actually being in Minnesota. Yes, oh. annoying constantly. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you yes. for the gift. You can actually thank my mom. It comes in a pretty sweet. <laughs> Why am I not? <laughs> I know. How fantastic is that? So, all right, indie game spotlight. We have two games. Uh, so in the past, we've done a lot of PC games for you guys and. As we discussed last week, many people are now moving towards portable gaming on an iPad or an iPhone or whatever it might be. So this week we're going to talk about games for people that own handheld devices. One is called Groove Coaster and the other one is called Reckless Getaway. 
Uh, Groove Coaster is only available for uh, iOS devices. We might have some Groove Coaster music in just. All right, it's about three bucks depending on when you buy it. It's a rhythm game that basically. Wait, like time of day changes how much it costs? Different days they do different sales. Oh, so all right. If, if you look at it right now, it might be ninety nine cents. Whereas yesterday, I was, was thinking like you know if you get up at five in the morning, it'll be cheaper and it gets more expensive that would be throughout cool. the day. It's like the cost of electricity. Uh, Kelly's probably gonna play a little demo here for us. It's got some sweet like Japanese techno, um, but it's like rhythm game. If you've ever played Luminez or Res or Space Channel oh, Five, what's happening? You're failing. You're supposed to tap with the music. There's no music. Well, try with the music. There we go. There we go. I more need more techno. Yeah. So the the gameplay works that you are like a little helium atom buzzing along a straight line. And you need to tap in rhythm with the little beats on the line. It's kind of like Rock Band or Guitar Hero. And if you fail, if your accuracy goes down, the track actually changes to become easier. Uh, so it's got a, a kind of a dynamic skill set. Uh, Kelly is bopping his head quite vigorously now. <laughs> I can tell that he's getting into this techno. The best is like the pouty lip face. <laughs> <laughs> he's got duck lips over there. Oh, fail! <laughs> All right. That was fun. I like that game. Groove Coaster, if you like rhythm games. And then one called Reckless Getaway. It's both for the iOS uh, platforms and Android. Also $3. It's like a top-down driving game. Think uh, like old uh, Gra Grand Theft Auto 1 used to be. Except the physics are super crazy. Um, it's basically you are a bank robber in like an old 70s you know, Chevelle or something. Trying to get away from the cops. And they are running into you. And you get power-ups like jumping abilities and shock waves and speed-ups. It's basically just a fun getaway game. I actually have another game that I just discovered the other day. It's called Not. How do you spell it? N-A-U-G-H-T, like the British say zero. Yes. Not. 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 And uh, you play as this little cat in a world that kind of looks like uh, Limbo, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Like black and, and white? Yeah, except the cool thing is it's on an iPad or an iPhone, and uh, all of the controls are simple tilt controls. You literally tilt the world, and he moves through it. And it's free, actually. The first, like, 10 or 15 levels are free. Okay. And uh, it's kind of cool. What's it called again? Not. 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 And then Groove Coaster and Reckless Getaway, <laughs> for those of you that like handheld gaming. All right. The first real topic, Seattle versus Portland. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, we are supposed to have a fight. Luke, I, first question I'm going to throw to you, why are we fighting about this because i think seattle is a better city than portland and jackie and scott are former portland residents so <laughs> they can argue against this premise you're assuming we're in portland by choice oh you liked it though did like it so tell me why you liked it most people who live in portland like it, mm -hmm. it it's a black hole right we've lost tons of people to the portland area yep once they move there they almost never come back yeah so what is so good about portland it's Powell's. Powell's is a good thing. Powell's is a very yeah. good thing. Yeah. If I could live in an apartment above Powell's, I don't think I'd ever leave. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You'd they be right above the rare books room, so. Oh my god. You just drill a hole. drill yeah. through it. <laughs> Steal it. You just, just read like, my mind. <laughs> but I mean, they're both similar cities. They both have roughly the same population. Mm -hmm. They're both in the Pacific Northwest, both on I 5 corridor. There are some differences, right? We've got. Mm -hmm. uh, Portland is closer to the actual beach beach. That's versus true. like a pebble beach. Which That's I true. Dislike. Is, did you yeah. ever go to the beach beach? Horribly. Yes. Okay. With you? Beach beach. That's true. true. We actually were there once. You were there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so what what is it about Portland that's so great? Um, 
I've never actually lived in Seattle, so I can't comment on that. Kirkland though. is close. Yeah, I was Kirkland say, is not there. Seattle. It's one lake away. It's part of the whole Seattle shenanigans, though. If you if you really look. So, Technically, didn't you live in some sort of Portland shenanigan as well? That's true. Beaverton okay. wasn't really Portland. That's true. More, more, more strip clubs. Unincorporated Portland. <laughs> we did. Technically, yeah. unincorporated. How many strip out. clubs did you guys go to while you were in Portland? Um, I worked at the sex offender rehabilitation house. So, so a lot. that was flanked <laughs> by strip clubs. Really? And across the street was what a Target. Great location. And down the street was a daycare center. Chuck E. Cheese. And Chuck E. Cheese. Wonderful. You had to drive Absolutely. by two strip clubs to get to Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, so you guys in the past have told me that there are uh, more strip clubs in Portland than Las per Vegas. It's more strip clubs per capita than any city in the world last time I checked. That's crazy. So what is it to, like? To leave our like ritzy neighborhood where we rented that house where like our neighbor's house was worth like $2 million, you had to drive by at least one no matter which way you left. I remember that from visiting you. The there, Shake and Shack? There were <laughs> strip clubs kind of... Every point yeah, of you're, access. Yeah, you're kind of like driving and all of a sudden you're like, oh, strip club. Oh, strip club. It's well, like, you know, if you, we if were you just very free club. in Portland. We, I include myself. There is actually a, a law on the Portland books that women cannot be cited for walking around topless. Fantastic. I mean, I looked up the FBI like crime stats for Seattle and Portland and found out that you're 266% more likely to be raped in Portland. So these are like over Seattle or over anywhere else in the nation? Over Seattle. Okay. So is there like some weird like sexual deviancy going on in Portland? Like, uh, we don't commit our sex offenders. Is that really what it that is? That is correct. Wow. It's an insight that I did not know about. <laughs> they, don't, they don't go to jail. They no, go to no, jail. They don't, they be, don't they're not get civilly committed, committed afterwards. afterwards. Uh, sent to a psychiatric facility. Oh, something to like help Thank them you. get back to normal. Right. Right. But, well, yeah. <laughs> or never get them away from the they, they do that. They right. do that in an outpatient form versus far, like an inpatient setting. How far are we from legislation that will allow us to chop these people's balls off. Never. Yeah, that doesn't... It doesn't actually... acceptable to me. It doesn't actually work because they still have fingers. Yeah, but they don't This have is balls. too much information now, Jackie. You're going over... Well, if they offend again, you take they, their hands. No, they, they're experimenting with chemical castration down there. Wait, so like it just like... Like the the demo shot for, 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 for birth control? If Luke has forgotten at this point, I would like to remind him while he's editing to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that it is in fact actually somewhat explicit. Yes. If you Carry didn't on. already know that. <laughs> Wait, no, tell me more about chemical castration. They they take the depot shot, which is a birth control for women, mm -hmm. and inject it into men, and it chemically sterilizes, cuts out your a very large portion of your testosterone. And then you just... And you become a lady. You become... You do not basically become a lady. Person for a very extended period. But like of time. mentally, it tries to like and not down your, your level of testosterone. So conceivably, your level of aggression. Okay, is is sexual crimes necessarily the same thing as aggression? No. Okay, I'm just just say. Yeah, it doesn't always work. That's why you take the balls, and then you take the hands. So, <laughs> my favorite thing about third, Portland, <laughs> if they go for the third feet, strike, oh. then you take their head. What? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about Portland, though, was the Mac system. I thought it was, that was awesome. amazing. Cool. How does it work, though? Because you guys are fairly hilly. You were fairly hilly down there. Um, like, do they manage the hills? The, the they go through. There's lots of tunnels. The, the one large hill between on the west side of Portland, between Portland and Beaverton, there's it's underground. I'm not convinced that Seattle could have something like a Max because it is just too hilly. Um, um, I don't think Seattle has the will to have something like a max. Just financially, I. what it's is not there. left of the monorail and how far it ever got. That's a good point. <laughs> About ten blocks. 
I mean, we do have the sounder now, which is great if you're going to the airport. If you're just going back and forth. Because it'll break down. They need to move it either to, like, the UW campus so that people can get, you know, into downtown easier, or... There is plan to expand it to the uh, UW campus. Is there a budget for it? People in Washington (laughs) don't want to pay taxes. That's true. And you can't Tim have, Island probably stop this whole thing You can't have public transportation that's not publicly funded, because then it's not public transportation anymore. It's the Greyhound and Amtrak. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and even Amtrak receives federal subsidies. That's true. That's true. <laughs> there is something about the attitude of Washingtonians against paying taxes of any kind that prevents some of these projects from taking flight. So, Jackie and Scott, how long did it take you after moving to Portland to get used to people pumping your gas for you? Because I've never accepted The question that. is the other way. Have you ever gotten Actually, violent? How long? I've never no, got, okay. I've never ever once let anybody pump my gas. Even Every time, room? yeah, I drove straight to California. <laughs> I, I literally did. I, I've never gotten <laughs> like, gas. like, no. Yes. Filled it's, up at the yes. border. And you... Every time. I've never once <laughs> let anybody pump my gas. I hate it. It was harder for me Dude, to figure out. How do you know out. you hate it if you haven't ever let anyone do it? Because you have to wait for the person to come out to pump it for you. You can't just they get in the They're actually really quick about it. They're in arguably faster than you could do it. Because by the time you're stopped, they've already got your gas door open and got your gas cap off. And, and they just hand them your card and they mm-hmm. swipe it for you, you and all that stuff? Yep. And your PIN number? They run it as credit. Okay. Typically, in most places. Or they'll let you pay cash. There's actually a big thing in Oregon right now is that if you pay cash, it's cheaper. Like just a couple cents. That's actually like true. That's bucks? I think that's like true nationwide. There are. It's like a dime um, to fifteen cents a gallon cheaper. What? Which yeah, because I complained price? about that. I complained about that when I stopped at a. Yeah, I'm not going to say their name, but I stopped at a gas station, uh, a couple of different ones on a couple of trips up north, and it's true in King County that this particular gas chain has a different price for. Um, credit cards versus cash. So it doesn't surprise me at all that. Places in Oregon where you have the attendants kind of keeping an eye on everything, where people are more likely to use cash that you could offer that discount. And well, see, not having been there now for two years, I don't know if this is still true, but the average price of gas in Oregon while we lived there was cheaper than Washington, even though you had those attendants who had to be paid. Hmm. Also, uh, the, the other thing that bugs me about the difference in price is that the user agreement that merchants sign with Visa, like to use visa cards says that there can be no surcharge for a visa purchase technically anybody that's charging like a minimum purchase for using a credit card mm-hmm. that's against their user agreement like you could actually oh, yeah, no, visa, you call but it, that's if you, not no, you call visa they if will, you if you call them on it and say hey no you you sign something you know says you can't do this i will not accept it they have to waive that fee because literally i mean come on now i'm the banker here <laughs> um, yeah, no, you could. I've done that a number of times. Yeah. People try to charge me a fee for that. You know, or they say that don't. you have to buy, purchase five dollars with this stuff before I'll run your card. No, there's no, no minimum. Ha- there's no minimum purchase. There is no fee that you are allowed to charge. I found out all this out when I was working for I won't name yeah. the company. The last place, last retail Visa, place I worked. Yeah, they Visa found, will shut them down. Well, because one of our employees asked somebody for ID. When, on a can't card do that, that either. Signed. Yeah, if the card is if signed, the card's you signed, cannot you can't ask, ask for ID. Really? Yeah, that's in most states. That's a, no, it's a visa. It's it's part of your agreement. Oh, it's a visa, with visa thing. It's not like yeah, it's part of your v- agreement with Visa. If the card is signed, if the card is unsigned, technically you are, and including if they write CID, you are supposed to refuse to accept the card because <laughs> yeah. it is not signed because it says That's not a, authorized unless signed. I have a visa that I've not signed or written anything on. So. Same here, and everybody just asked me for my ID, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, I but, like that. That's why I do it. Okay, let's get on to more stats about these horrible stuff. Well, I mean, if people don't really want to talk about it, if there's not no. actually a fight to have. 
We can move um, on. I, well, okay, who has more nukes? Which city? Us, by far. Then we'd win. That's true. All right. Seattle has <laughs> Argument's nukes. over. Well, banger's close enough. Bremerton. I'm just saying, like... Whidbey Island. Yeah. But yeah. then Eastern Washington would take Seattle out and win anyways. Wait, what? Washington. Why would Eastern Washington do that? Uh, is that what every chemical is? weapons. Um, oh, so you, you mean, okay, um, that. I thought you meant like the, 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 the farmers. No, like, get like their mustard gas break. I down. hate you, damn blue car. Or whack, whatever there. The black yeah, yes. yes. I, see, personally, the biggest thing I noticed difference, and I would, like if I had to pick a city to live in, it would be Portland. Well, just outside of Portland. Because there was a difference in the people. The people in Seattle. Yeah, there was more white people. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, oh, racism. Yes, that's it. That's <laughs> not cool, you got dude. me, Luke. That's it. I'm Irish. Do you hate me? Because I'm Irish? Yeah, go back to your potatoes already. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Portland has the fifth highest percentage of white residents among the 40 most Disclaimer, large. Disclaimer, Wikipedia, highly inaccurate 90% of the time. Fair enough, but 78 47% of statistics are just pulled out of the air. Exactly. Also true. Including Absolutely. that one, huh? But no, think about it. <laughs> 70, roughly 79% of Portlanders are white. Like you won't find that pretty much anywhere else except, you know, maybe, I don't know, Salt Lake City. And even then, I'm not so sure. Or I would like to see. I, I would like to see Minnesotan statistics on this. because. I think Minneapolis, Minneapolis is up there. Has, yeah. <laughs> Mankato's probably up there. I mean, it's not a relative size in comparison. But I, yeah, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, I'd be willing to bet's probably. So how do you guys feel about paying state taxes, right? Income state tax. Income taxes. taxes, yeah. I didn't care. You didn't pay. I, I felt like it was basically a wash because you didn't pay sales tax. I'm right. kind of a socialist, so that's a bad question. You guys can have a little party. Yeah. I favor progressive taxation systems. Hey, well, there is, there's, there's something We're going to get hated that, on for being communists now. <laughs> Only just, she is. Just me and Jackie. It's all <laughs> oh, are you communist too? Yes. Awesome communist. Wait, what? How is there so many communists in this room? What's going on? <laughs> are you a capitalist? Come on. You with me on this? No. No? You? Ready? Ready? A libertarian. Amy? You Amy? have to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a problem with Marx. Amy doesn't know what she is yet. She's still too young. So. She's too young. She doesn't know about politics. So there's yeah. a Give her a few more years. <laughs> okay, let's All right, we should move on. Nobody yeah. cares about this debate, nope. apparently. Ooh. Ooh, we're so, I, but again, Luke, I, wh why are you so obsessed with hating on Portland? Because they steal people and they suck. So I don't understand. What that. sucks about hating in Minnesota? I don't know anything about Portland that is a negative. Someone will pump my gas for me so I don't have to get out in the rain. It has Powell's. It has public transportation, so I don't even have to drive if I don't want to. It has it's a bike-friendly city. It has Powell's. The bike-friendly bike would be a negative, honestly. Wait, it has Powell's, too. Right, <laughs> I forgot about Powell's. It just occurred to me some people don't know what Powell's is. Powell's, City of Books, Square, City Block. Bookstore, you don't know what largest Powell's bookstore is, in the country. Okay, don't listen to Kelly. So, but okay, why, Luke? Why do you hate Portland? Because it's in Oregon, and yes. I really don't like Oregon. That's really what yes. it is. Jackie's been waiting for that moment. I really don't like but Oregon. Why? State. Because but the state is now, spelled as a racing it's a fan. It's a lot like Canada. As a racing fan, you should like it better. They have multiple quality racing. tracks. They do have that. Good Washington tracks. doesn't have one of. I find Oregon drivers to be quite awful, though. So agreed. Yeah, <laughs> and the cycle. It's because they use kilometers. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kilometers. Moving right. on. So the winner is Seattle. Olympia. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kelly. Okay. Regale us with Top Gear. We're gonna talk about some Top Gear goodness. We if should talk about Top Gear. Yeah. If you guys haven't heard of Top Gear before, it is a British car show. It's they talk about. Fancy cars, weak cars, awesome cars. They do silly stuff. Um, 
So this is apparently the most popular car show in the world. It's like, amazing. Like 350 million people watch this thing. Yeah. And and there's there's offshoots in America and Australia and probably Djibouti and everywhere. So Are they worthy of the Top Gear name though? I mean, oh, yeah. we've watched some American ones and today we watched Australia. Oh, oh, are you talking Okay. Yeah, no. yeah. No. The spin-offs I mean, they're an homage to the greatness. I don't know if it should be called Top Gear, maybe like Mid-Gear, Third Gear, <laughs> Third Gear, Third Gear, Fourth Gear, maybe fourth Top. Gear. Not not the tops for so, sure. So, and I mean, the the thing about Top Gear that makes it so great is the hosts are so entertaining to watch. They they're constantly cracking jokes and giving each other a hard time, and the cars they you know they're really honest. Well, okay, we'll get into that. Yeah, there's you know at least they're honest about how they feel about the cars. You know, they're very opinionated. They're very opinionated about them, and and they don't just show you like. You know, Ford Aero Stars because that would be boring. They show you the good stuff. Unless it's two Ford Aero Stars like welded on top of each other. Yeah, that might yeah, happen. They would do that. Yeah. Amy, you've watched more American Top Gear, I think, than anybody. Maybe Melissa. How do you feel about the American version compared? It's trying too hard to be mm-hmm. the British one, or just itself. Just it's still the American Top Gear still hasn't figured out what it is yet. Is the way it feels is that it's. It's trying to be a car show and be funny and be like the British one, but be its own thing. And it it needs to just. I feel they have trying. very little chemistry together. They do, yeah. yeah the That's, three hosts are yeah. awful together. Yeah, maybe individually they're okay, but see, and I, I they can like get funny at times, too. but and it's like if you pair them. They're okay, but when you put all three of them together, just something goes wrong. Yeah, there's no dynamic there. We're, we're you know, as the British one, they have Jeremy, who is the clear leader, you know, of the group, and James, and the who is, yeah, and the buffoon, <laughs> and James, who's the slow tech guy, and Richard, who's kind of the bouncy, the young bouncy charming, little, yeah, the young charming one. They're all, you know, like I said, they're always just ragging on each other. So with the American one, do you think they should try to go their own route or try to like make it more like the British show? Because clearly that's a winning formula. Well, season one of the new American Top Gear was very structured like the British show, and it wasn't as good as when they took off and did their own sort Are they of more thing. their they, own thing now? This, I've given up on them. I can't stand it. The second season, they've, they've tried to do their own thing. They're too formal, though. That's the biggest thing right now, is that it's very formal and very scripted, and it just needs to relax. Segment, segment, segment. Yeah, and, you know, you can tell that they're reading cue cards and they're not, and, and reading prompters, and they're not just having a conversation. And so it hasn't relaxed yet, and that's one of the things that it needs to find in order, I think, to be really successful. So it just needs to relax. I like their competitions. The American guys are as funny as the British guys when it comes to griefing each other. Yeah. And uh, cheating outrageously. But it's the same gags, right? And it's running into the other car. It's No, it's no. not. No. There's a yeah, little there's bit of that, of but not nearly as much. How do, you yeah. not have a, how do you not have a car race between three buffoons and not run into each other? That's what I'm like saying. Like, it's been done like but three I, times still, already. But it's always funny. Eh. Or the guy who cheats outrageously, um, you know, in order to protect his VW rabbit truck. Yeah, and and handguns are are legal in America. That's so true. They can use those. Have they had any guns in it yet? The British one has. They shot the Stig one. That was like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All they, right. They so, do donuts on um, Trace School Trace. That's really fun. Trace. Yeah, I've seen videos of that. So for those of you especially who have never seen the show, we've got a rundown of our favorite episodes, 
Um, British episodes. British episodes, yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're mainly right. going to talk about the British show. because From here on out. Best. Yeah, that's the best one. These are on Netflix, most of them. There's a couple that aren't, but you should be able to find them. If you so like go ahead. I guess we'll start with me. and uh, <laughs> Go for it. That's right. Uh, my favorite, I have two, actually. Episode 9-1. So oh, wait, right. season 9. There you go. Episode right. 1. Yeah, episode 1. Yes. That's what I've said. No, All you right. said episode 9. <laughs> Shut up. Go. I hate you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the very first episode of season nine uh, is the repaving episode where they repave this big stretch of road in Britain. They feel that overnight. They they, and, they yeah. think that normal road works take too long and yeah. that they can do it better. Yeah, and so they do it overnight and it's horrible and it costs an, a ton of extra money. They break it's, a bunch of stuff. They break things. Margaret and... Thatcher uh, is read out loud over a megaphone. Yep, yep. Um, and then they, they feature this car that I absolutely love, the Jaguar XKR. Anyways, I, I love it mostly for the XKR. But my other favorite episode is uh, eight, uh, season eight, episode three, which in which they build boats out of cars and try to sail them across... Is that the one? No, the, the, this is the first one where they the do it in, in the lake. And so they, they do a, it in the lake. I mean, a houseboat, a sailboat, and yeah. a motorboat. That's right. And, and I mean, they've had a number of these boat episodes. They oh, try okay. to... Just the two? Just the, the two. two. I say I love Goodness. crossing the English Channel. They, that yeah, the in the second one, they they cross the English Channel in a truck boat. Yeah, <laughs> and almost two of them. Stopped. Two of them sink, and only one survives. And they almost um, get stopped. But that's by that's pretty. Typical. The Coast Guard. Co- right? Yeah, the British Coast, British Coast Guard, Guard. <laughs> thinking that they are drug traffickers. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't a plane fly overhead? Like yeah, yeah. Flying. It's quite good. Yes. All right, go Scott. All right, mine was the uh, Polar Challenge. This was uh, Season 10, Episode 1, which it actually wasn't an official episode, if I remember It's correctly. a special. They do it's a number special. of specials, oh. yeah. yeah. But it's where um, Jeremy Clarkston and James ride in a Toyota Hilux, a souped-up Toyota Land Tacoma, basically. Yeah, whatever, yeah. And they, they attempt to uh, be the first people to ever drive to the magnetic North Pole, and they race against Richard Hammond. South and Pole? North Pole. North Pole. North Pole. Was the North, was North Pole? Canada. They start in Canada. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. I didn't realize. Yeah. Okay. Part of why I always loved it, because I, I, I kind of want to do it now. <laughs> but It looked super hard. It did. They couldn't see anything for most of that trip. <laughs> no, <see>. it was <laughs> part of why it looked awesome. Um, but then they're racing uh, Richard, who is on a dog sled, the more traditional way of reaching this same location. It was just the, the hijinks that ensued. They spent half the episode digging themselves out of the snow. It was pretty, <laughs> My favorite was pretty moment, I think if i am got the right episode, it's the one where they're with the survival expert, right? Yes. And the, the beginning of it. In the and training. he shoves Jeremy, Jeremy Clarkson into, into the, the freezing water. And most of the stuff on the show is scripted, <laughs> but that wasn't. I do not think Jeremy saw it coming. He was no, furious. Was... They cut camera pretty quick after he yes, climbed out. Did. There was probably a lot of expletives, <laughs> even for him. So <laughs> that, or when um, Jeremy starts to drive away, as um, James is using the bumper dumper yes. in the back of the truck, and James is just kind of riding along on the back. That was of the very truck. good. That was. I good think episode. that was scripted, though. Oh, probably, yeah. but it was still. It's pretty funny. Right. Miss you. All right, James. my favorite one was the American Rednecks, um, season nine, episode three, um, where. The hosts come to America and essentially... Where in America? Uh, come to Miami first, yes. right? And Oh, Miami. <laughs> decide to drive to... Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, to this was shortly after Orleans. Katrina hit. Shortly after so Katrina. I, I, Louisiana was in shambles. I believe they had a goal of spending like $1,000. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so they, 
they're trying to test the theory of is it cheaper to that's right buy a car drive it to where you want to go sell it than just flying and they played up on virtually every American stereotype you could have yeah. um, down in the South. <laughs> they got into some trouble. Serious yes. trouble. I- I've like, seen them fake. We were, we were yeah. afraid for their hate, lives, actually. Hate crime point. kind of trouble. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. dudes in pickup trucks. Like It was going to go, go very yeah. bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and there was a dead cow on the top of one of their cars at one point. <laughs> That's right. yes. And they kept sabotaging each other's air conditioning. Cow. It was just midsummer, so that it was, was awesome. a really good episode. It, it really, really it, is. Unfortunately, the British already have a stereotype that we are rednecks, and so it didn't help. <laughs> no, this is being no, aired on no. TV over there, but but it, I mean, it was I mean, it was pretty accurate portrayal of the area. Though. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> yeah. part of our country. Yes, yes. But, <laughs> yeah, they got a little bit serious when they go into New Orleans. Yeah, what, the gravity hit once they saw the devastation. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember Richard's comment. He was quite angry that it was about a year, um, almost 12 months after Katrina when they drove through, and he said he couldn't believe that the richest country in the world couldn't put this place back together, given a year. Yeah, a lot of Americans felt that way too. I know, I know. Well, I I think that probably the the best part of the episode is that they don't resell the cars at the end. They gave them away to people who needed cars because they couldn't in good conscience sell these cars. Yeah. Not just because they were trash, but I mean, they couldn't, <laughs> even if the cars had been, you know, wonderful, they couldn't, they wouldn't have been able to sell them to people in sure. New Orleans. Um, but my favorite episode is from season 10, it's episode four of season 10. It is the Botswana special, uh, where they fly to Botswana in Africa and drive from the, oh, I can't remember which border it is. Another? It starts with a Z, doesn't it? No, because they end up uh, all, they drive to Zimbabwe, but they can't go into Zimbabwe, so they drive somewhere I, else. The BBC is not allowed. Yeah, they, but the BBC allowed in Botswana, not in some of these surrounding African countries. But they have about a thousand pounds to buy a car, and they have to drive across Botswana, including the the salt flats in the middle of Botswana. That's right. I'm and the vice episode. president of the country shows up in his like. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm now yeah, finally yeah. remembering. This shows episode. up in his helicopter and is like, "You guys going to drive across this? This is pretty awesome. I've never seen anybody drive across the salt flats before. You could die. Um, <laughs> see you later." And he flies off. But it's just one of the most beautiful places they've been. Um, I, I very much want to go to Africa someday. And it was amazing to see them driving through. Plus, I I got a kick out of Richard naming his car. And, he got attached. Fallen in love a little bit with his car, Oliver. Yeah, it was quite cute. <laughs> yeah, it was quite cute. Don't describe men as cute, Luke. Stop that. Sorry. <laughs> right. The you car's mean. cute. Oliver, very Oliver cute. Oliver is adorable, but Jeremy not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which episode was your favorite, Amy? My favorite one was the London Transportation Race. Where they race Richard on a bicycle, James in a car. Which car? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Oh my goodness. Do you? Uh, Jeremy <laughs> on a boat and the Stig in public transportation. It was really funny with the Stig. He, he's just a helmeted race car driver that never speaks. So he's a, so he's on subways and trains and he's just, yeah, sitting, just there sitting there with his arms folded and everybody's staring at him. And yeah. they give him a cell phone and they try and call him and people are taking pictures and trying to talk to him and he's just walking away. I think he and, throws the cell phone away because yeah. he won't stop ringing. <laughs> yeah, and, and the 
The stick is what makes the episode sure. hilarious. I think that was what, season 10, episode 5? Yeah. yeah. I don't know the, the pain that they put Richard through to cycle across well, London. Well, didn't Jeremy feel some pain on the boat too? Or was that a different episode? Different episode. Okay. I, the, the boat wasn't too bad. But just like the excruciating pain of pedaling some of those hills and areas and things like that, I remember. There was, was an episode where James was driving a speedboat. We thought speedboat. he was going to break his spine. There was a few of them. Yeah. He was going to break his spine because he was coming There was one where they raced to so like hard. Oslo as well. Yeah. So yeah, speedboat's bad news. All right, my favorite episode... I have, I have kind of a, an honorary mention, which is the caravan trip from season eight, episode six. Uh, they decide that they want to go caravanning, which would be like pulling a small RV behind a car. And it just becomes a total fiasco as Richard uh, and Jeremy and um, James just mess everything up. They light the campsite on fire. Um, they get almost arrested for trying to do like a three-point turn with a trailer and just block the entire road <laughs> forever. Um, it was a really good episode. Uh, but my actual favorite was the Vietnam special from season 12, episode 8. They fly to Vietnam. I don't remember what the premise was, but they ended up on motorbikes. And much hilarity ensued. Jeremy hates motorcycles. He, yeah, anything with fewer than four wheels, he he doesn't accept. And these are like well, five Jeremy's horsepower. A, I mean, Jeremy's a big guy. He's, he's a huge tall. guy. I mean, he's not he's not fat or anything, but he's really tall. He probably weighs like 240, though. Yeah. And he yeah. picks like a Vespa or something. They all, well, it's just <laughs> the, the little Vietnamese bikes. No, no. <laughs> Hammond had like a proper Honda. Yeah, still, it was like, like a 250cc. Maybe, maybe 250. Or at but, least a 125. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but still, he had like a Vespa. But there's. Because you can't drive a real motorcycle. There are so many <laughs> great gags. I mean, that's what true episode where they're just harassing each other with gifts and other hijinks. I think at one point someone gets a full size model boat. Yep. It's like three feet long <laughs> with all the like mast and rigging attached. That, oh, that, right. They gave that to Richard. Yeah, yes, right. yes. Yeah. The whole episode from start to finish is fantastic. So. <laughs> that episode is also my father's favorite episode. That's right. You said your parents had some. Um, my parents and another friend regularly watch Top Gear. My mom's favorite episode is the Winter Olympics, where they play ice hockey with cars. Nice. It's pretty funny. And then they ski jump. Yeah. One of with the cars. Car. Oh, it's pretty fantastic. Um, and then, then my friend, their favorite episode was the Bolivia special, where they drive across Bolivia. The most dangerous road in, in the, the world. world. Okay, yeah. And then Richard's car falls down a sand dune. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so I've noticed that there seems to be a tight grouping of our favorite episodes. They seem to have been kind of in that 8, 9, 10 range of seasons. What's up with that? Kelly, any ideas? I don't know. I mean, some, you know, it's like it's like a musician. You know, they have the first album is kind of eh, and then they, with the sophomore and junior efforts, they get amazing and people go crazy for them or they disappear because they suck to, to begin with. Um, <laughs> Which is what should happen gear. to America, Top Gear. Oh, geez. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, you keep going and you try to emulate the amazing things you did in those second and third albums, but maybe you don't quite hit what the public was loving about them, you know, but, you know, keep going. So, I don't know. I mean, that could be it. I mean, it's still a great show. I still laugh every single episode, so. The Iraq special this last season. Was that one was pretty good. Pretty good. Their Christmas in yeah. Iraq. But not What's as good as Botswana or Vietnam. I mean, my, no. my feeling is that the show is downhill from where it once was. Well, I mean, you got to think also, though. I mean, they're all getting older, you know. They're... 40s and Jeremy's probably in his 50s. Probably. And the good yeah. gags are taken. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like they're they just probably, out of ideas? Yeah. They've, I mean, they're at what, six, 16th season coming yeah, up here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
what landmass have they not yet? I mean, one of the races that I loved was the GTR race across Tokyo. That one was or good. across Japan to Tokyo versus you know the bullet train. You know what they haven't done is ski doos <laughs> from one Hawaiian island to another. That oh, would actually be pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, what's funny about talking about this is that the show isn't really about cars. It kind of is. It's nominally about cars, but it's more about just watching three idiots be idiots. I mean, nobody <laughs> three, knows. Three idiots uh, who uh, love cars being uh, idiots. But yeah. apart from you mentioning the XKR... We don't like the show for the reviews, necessarily. It might be a nice added supplement. I loved the episode where Jeremy reviewed the Ford Fiesta. Oh, where the military was chasing him? Uh, The military was chasing him. He drove it away from bad guys in the mall. But still, a total gag. It's not an actual review. If you're ever being chased by the British military, buy a fiesta. I mean, what kind no, of no, he wasn't being chased by the military. He's helping the military. They, oh, they that's did right. a landing. That's right, the beach landing. The beach landing. I love the, the, the review of the Prius, where he puts it against the uh, M3. Oh, from fuel and economy? The, and the M3 gets better fuel economy. <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite things of all time. It, it is. It's nominally a show about cars. It's an entertainment show. It really we is. We don't watch it for educational value. We could watch Motor Week or... You know, some actual educational special on cars. Well, I, I would love to know, but is there anyone out there that has ever actually like watched that show and then made a car buying decision because of anything they've ever said? You can't do that because most cars on there are not within reach but of even if you could, people. Do you trust their opinion or is it just a lot of hyperbole? I mean, Jer- Jeremy hates they're German the cars reason I want... probably because of World War II. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're the reason I want the AK, HK, or XKR. Wow. Sure. But I mean, a lot of extra letters if they were doing normal people cars, Subarus and whatnot, I would say, eh, I don't really care. I'm going to read someone who actually has integrity. The, the show is mostly scripted, it seems. Even a lot of the gags have that feeling of being pre-planned. Occasionally, I'm sure something comes through as a real spontaneous moment. I mean, I've even heard... That, it's like, so the, funny. I've heard <laughs> that even like the car races, when they do have, you know, two cars... They they race them for real, find out who won, and then they go back and script the race that they show. Exactly. It's all about they're shooting camera angles. They're still but giving what? good results though, you could say. Fair enough. That's like yeah. trying to say that, that Ken Block does the Jimmy Kana in one take. Which no because he's an yeah. awful driver. I mean, he is. But Oh, alright. <laughs> those yeah, are, yeah, but the, but the, are those not a ton of fun to watch anyways? They are until he starts advertising for shoes. Well, okay, agree. <laughs> but when he's when he's you know doing circles around a guy on a Segway, it is you're impressive. still going okay. There are, there that's, are some that's pretty cool like and it's fun to watch. Whether or not you think he did it in one take, if you you know, okay, if they, sorry if we burst somebody's you know Easter Bunny Santa Claus type bubble here, but we just definitely you know it's the same thing with the races. You know that yeah they went back and probably ran that race five times. Yeah. All right. So Does next, good tire smoke. Yes, that's true. That, oh, yeah. So there's a segment in uh, Top Gear every episode where they put a celebrity in a reasonably priced car and they send them around their Top Gear track to see who can go the fastest in a horrible little reasonably priced car. Um, they've had a ton of celebrities on there and they have big long lists of, you know, times. And once they fill up the board, they throw out the old car and they bring, the, well, they bring the Stig in show. So he can top everybody yeah. else's time, show them how fast they should have been going. And then uh, they throw the old car out, and they bring in a new horrible car, and they start the board over again. So the yeah. question is... So the question is, who who would you most like to see in a reasonably priced car? Luke? It's hard, because I'm tempted to say someone who is a car fan, someone like a Jay Leno or whatever, but most, He's of, them, done it. most of them have already done it. Uh, most of the actors I care about, like Tom Cruise... Has done it? ...have already done it. 
Um, so the challenge is trying to find someone who hasn't been. Personally, I would love to be in that car. You are not Mom a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. If you, if you yes. go, Mom wants a ticket. All right, I'm not a celebrity, so I don't count. So my suggestion, which would be hard for a number of reasons, would be to have President Obama on the show. I was about to say the Queen of England, that would, that would be amazing. I, I think he would be totally up for it. I, I think, I think he's got, he would do great. He would. He does good TV. He's he's charming and he's athletic. I've got to think he would really enjoy it. Uh, the security problems of having him on a live show would, you know, require lots of, you know, checkpoint. He's been on Letterman. That's true, but I would love to see the president in that car. Okay. So, Amy, anybody else, or if you don't have one, Amy's got good ones. All right. I'm actually gonna give Amy my turn because she has really good ones. I have okay. three, and then I also have ones from my parents. Oh. Um, my dad would like to see Sean Connery. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he is super old. Though. I'm not yeah, sure he's he's dying. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. Um, All right. Mom first said Patrick Stewart, then she realized she actually wanted Patrick Dempsey in the car. Yeah, those are not, <laughs> the, same car person. not the same person. The hair is much different. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. I'd like to see either one though. Yeah. Why would she choose okay? Dempsey over Stewart? Because Patrick Dempsey knows how to drive a car fast. <laughs> yeah, because oh, he's, he's a, a, a Stewart is a racing he's an amateur racing driver. Yeah. Stewart is so cool. All right. Okay. Patrick Dempsey's driven at Le Mans. Would he be allowed to drive on the amateur? Board? Um, sure. They've never really had anybody of that caliber on I'm there. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. They had I, I, Michael Schumacher in that thing. He was on the oh. F1 driver's board. Yeah, uh, they had Hamilton yeah. and Vettel. And, but they have okay. a special board for those guys. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then who I would like to see in order of probability starting with least likely to wait, happen. Wait, can I guess? Is one of them a doctor? Yes. Doctor Who? Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> not a real doctor. Not like Jackie. Uh, I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> um, Charlie is so cool like who is a... Like 12 year old boy. He's like, like 19. 18 or 19 whatever. now. He's a blogger who lives in London. So he's right there. That would work. They like British people on that show. I know. Then Zachary Levy who also does amateur driving, Chuck. Okay, I'm with you. Lots of jokes about staying in the car. Yes. It would be pretty funny. It would be pretty good. And the, then Matt the TV Smith. show Chuck? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, TV okay. show Chuck. And then Matt Smith from Doctor from Who. From Doctor Who. From Doctor Who. Because they have had... the current one? He's yes. the current okay. Doctor. They have had... David Tennant was on the show from Doctor Who. That's right. And Billy Piper, who was one of the Doctor's companions, oh, has yeah. been on the show well, They should get well. the current companion in there. I could go for seeing her. Karen Gilman? <laughs> Just more of her. In the <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So you, yeah. you're taking one of those? And I, I'm pass. just saying Amy thought of good ones. All right. All right. Jackie. I'd like to see someone like uh, John Stewart who can do really good okay. commentary and facial expressions while driving because that's the fun of watching. Because they do a little interview. They had a so British be... equivalent. They had Jonathan Ross on not too long ago. Um, David Tennant is really funny to watch drive. Lewis Hamilton sings. Does he really? He does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of stuff? Like Nicole Scherzinger songs? No, he just kind of like sings <laughs> random stuff to himself oh, as he's not. driving. Yeah, right. For those of you who don't know, that is his girlfriend who is part fiance. of the Slash Dolls. Fiance. Slash fiance. Anyway. Thankfully not. That was a rumor that has been squashed. Anyways, Scott. I would like to see if Jason Statham can actually oh, have man. any, have any of so those good. skills I, that he's been in so many movies for. I can't remember if he's been on or not. I, I was thinking about like, he's one of those people that really should have been. Should be, yeah. I, I he should be, yeah. He might have been. been. Mark, Mark Wahlberg's been on, so yeah, exactly. I mean, they've done the action star and, thing. You know, he's, you know, obviously everybody knows Transporter, and then you got like Handsome Rob, where he's another driving person. Like, he's just... Have like, we ever had Clive Owen on? I've not seen Ooh, Clive Owen. That'd um, be another good one. He'll be good, too. My choice would be China Mieville, who's Your just author? My author. Good Lord. He's so How old cool. is this man? He's 38 Oh, in my head he's like 80. No, right. God. No. <laughs> no, he's crazy. He's, he's completely bald. He's got earrings from his lobe all the way up on the left side. He'd fit he's right got, in with some of the like, rock stars they've met. That's true. And he would use so many words that no one would understand on the show. It would be great. 
Like just weird Britishisms or what? No, just he has an immense vocabulary and he'd be very interesting to watch. All right. Especially in the car, I think. He'd be, he'd be like, oh, it's a little great. Blah. <laughs> so how about you, Kelly? Would you ever want to actually be in the car? Heck yes. You'd want to be in there? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Yes. I, I would too. I would go crazy. I would pay like... Oh, you know who else? J.K. Rowling would be great. Anyways. Harry Potter. Oh, I, know, I know who she is. I just... There's almost never been... Well, there's been some women on there. not a lot of women. Yeah, not very many. All right. Helen Mirren. I'll throw that one out. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Oh, no. Really? You like she was great. And, I mean, she didn't drive Helen very Keller? well, but she was fantastic Wait, on what? the show. Helen Mirren? Oh, I heard Helen Keller. Okay. <laughs> Is she dead? Whoa. Yes. yes. All right. Keller? Amy, would you like to be on the show? Really? In the car? Interview? No, but I would want to go and watch someone else doing it. Melissa? No. I didn't think so. Jackie? I think it'd be a really bad idea. Would you do it? I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott? Without a question. Yeah, all the guys are like, whoa, put me on the show. I don't care if I spun it multiple Interesting times. Interesting thing about it. Top Gear, um, in a pole in South Africa, more people would rather ride in a car with Jeremy Clarkson than with Supermodel. What? Okay, wow. I can see that. Where yeah. did that statistic... I'm just curious. I'm just really curious. There's a British blog that I read. It was okay. There. That, but who would who would ever put that those two together? Yeah, the okay. BBC comes know. up with some really weird polls from time to time. The so. BBC was the one who did the push poll, you know. Well, look, I think it might be time for science. All right, it's not so much science as it is the effects of science. How about that? What? Uh, this week is going to be more about the effects of alcohol on the human body. I mean, lots which of, is science a little bit, but we're not going to get into like the hardcore chemistry because nobody wants to hear that, right? All right. No. Um, that's that's quite boring for most people. You know that lots of other animals get uh, intoxicated though. Bees. Uh, yeah. Bees like eating like fermented bees fruit. Bees become and stuff. little jerks in the uh, beginning of there, fall. There there are there are reports of like grizzly bears and other kinds of bears eating like fermented honey. And, and just losing all coordination. Oh. Yeah, can you imagine a drunk bear? Oh, there's a, the marula tree in Africa is becomes very potent um, during some season. And you literally have elephants, monkeys, all sorts of animals getting completely trashed on marula <laughs> fruit. No, literally. It's great. I've seen the videos. Check it out. Look it up on YouTube. Marula. But yeah, so, so alcohol does not just affect us as humans. But we are going to talk about that. I was interested by this because I, I found a, that a number of studies have said that uh, a lot of the things that we have been told about alcohol's benefits probably aren't actually true. We've all heard that, you know, it might be good for heart health or have you heard, not necessarily like binge drinking, but like a glass of wine. A glass of right. red wine. Yes. Eight ounces of red wine. Um, turns out it's actually closer to half a glass of red wine. The, the National Stroke Association said that uh, no so more four than ounces. Four ounces of wine. Which of wine. I would imagine is doable, but most people aren't going to limit themselves to such a little portion. What they have found, Jackie, what they have found actually is that a lot of the possible benefits of drinking uh, are actually being correlated to the effects of socialization, which are often hand in hand, right? So you're at a party, you have friends, you've got people in your life that you're spending time with, and it's their influence on your life that actually is what's causing these kinds of health benefits. It's not actually the alcohol. Isn't so the like endorphins from having a good laugh with your friends? Something like that, yeah. I mean, the that, stuff in grapes that's supposed to be... There are some like antioxidant stuff that yeah. is naturally good for you. Again, it's only the red wine. It is not right. beer or, or some of the hard right, stuff. Right, right. Um, but yeah, the, I read the health section of the newspaper. It's been fascinating because you, you, you've heard those studies probably about the placebo effect of even having a drink, right? Someone shows up at a party, has their first drink, and within like three or four minutes, they're already acting kind of goofy. Not because they actually are intoxicated, but because they feel that they need to be. And so a lot of these kinds of studies have actually pulled out that obviously that's not true. That's a psychological thing that people have. But also just, the, yeah, the socialization is more of 
um, the benefit if there is any. Uh, the downside that we all know about is that there are tons and tons of negative effects from alcohol, uh, both from like heavy chronic drinking. Whoa, whoa, I'm, no. What? What? You, you've told me on many occasions that you've had like heart issues that your doctor has told you to stop drinking. Yeah, that's a very common effect. Right. Uh, also, insomnia and other sleeping issues. I actually, yeah, when I get good and drunk, I don't sleep yep. at all. Yep. It's I'll because, be up it's, it's all because as night. you fall out of your drunkenness, it messes with your sleep patterns. Mm. And so you're waking up and having interesting like chemical imbalances as it's burning through your system. It's obviously been attached to all sorts of other things like liver disease and stuff. It's actually the number one cause of liver cancer uh, is alcohol uh, consumption. Heavy alcohol consumption. Heavy. Yes, but not necessarily because alcohol denatures protein and all it takes is just that one random lucky mutation. Uh, it could literally be from like one night of drinking, whether it's heavy or moderate. Um, it's just the probability goes up the more often and the more frequent and the more you consume. So it's an odds game, but you could potentially get it even from uh, a one night thing. Again, we've all heard that you know drinking is super bad for young people. It turns out that adolescents have so much brain development that happens in their teen years. That it's the binge drinking that often happens with them that really messes them up. There have been longitudinal studies over you know many many decades that find that a lot of uh, psychiatric issues. Jackie, I work do you want with that? Do you want to? Have you found or read anything about that? It's just the frontal lobe doesn't develop like other people who don't heavily drink. There was a study out of France that said 20% of all people admitted to mental health facilities were because of alcohol impairment. From mostly in from, France, that's true. Right. Yeah, they, they probably drink <laughs> a lot more potentially than, than we do. But um, your frontal lobe is all of your decision-making capabilities and essentially your your filter of what you're going to do and how you're going to plan things out. So you can imagine if that's damaged, how difficult it would be to function sure. as an adult. As an yeah. adult, and not all people that drink are likely to develop some kind of dementia or some kind of other issue. Uh, it really is the people <laughs> that binge and overdrink and overabuse and have a predisposition to developing. Sure. Sure. Uh, one of the studies I said said that uh, alcoholics are 75 times more likely to be successful at committing suicide. And, and who knows what the correlation between that is, whether they are already suicidal. Just because they they're drink. so drunk, they go for the more hardcore well, option. I think it's that you probably, well, I mean, if you're sober, you probably have some faculties left to think that, you know, these are the family I'm leaving behind. These are the decisions that shouldn't be made. Whereas you lose those abilities. Less self-doubt. Yeah. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, alcoholics have a significantly higher uh, rate of suicide. And then, of course, there's all sorts of other terrible things like you know, and fetal or alcohol just system. or just slip and die aside. There are just injuries yeah. related to. I mean, it's the my cousin's father. Okay, but again, like all of these things really <laughs> seem to be related most strongly to binge drinking and like chronic drunkenness, mm -hmm. not to the consumption of alcohol as a substance. True. Uh, I mean, it is obviously a drug. Nobody debates that. Um, but I, I think the, the fear would be that you would become, you could potentially become more addicted to it, more uh, inclined to drink more of it, um, even if you do start out as a moderate drinker. Now, again, the alcohol is bad. Um, one of the things, though, that is more dangerous for, for women is the fetal alcohol syndrome, where you, you, know, you might not know that you're pregnant yet and you're still drinking with your friends or whatever. Maybe you go out every other week or whatever. I guess alcohol is responsible for the majority of mental retardation in the Western world. But that's the continual use of alcohol during pregnancy, not every other week you're going out with your friends, maybe if you're getting smashed each time. But if you're having that four ounces of alcohol, even a night, that's not necessarily going to contribute to. You won't necessarily give birth to a zygote. Correct. Fair enough, yes. 
So this is more this is more like a review of of the literature, not necessarily hardcore science, because I wanted to move off of that for a week. Okay. Um, just... Some citations might be nice, because I I mean one of the real problems with any kind of scientific research relating to alcohol is that it is so strongly ingrained in just about every culture on the planet, some kind of alcoholic beverage is part of, if not the like main dietary structure for every culture, but it's a huge part of the major social fabrics of all civilizations. And, and, it, and it goes back to historically, of course, an era when food preservation was incredibly difficult and creating alcohol allowed food products to be preserved, to be transported, to be traded. Beer and wine are major commodities in terms of wealth throughout history. Um, spirits don't exist until later, but they were a major source of wealth during the, you know, age of European exploration and the whatnot. Sure, it also um, was a way of simply making things consumable. Right, you know, because you have to... Rum on ships was was there because water couldn't be kept yeah. pure. safe. Yeah, so and I mean, so. it's it's really difficult to look at even hard peer-reviewed science that tells us that alcohol is bad for us and not and not resist that. In, on some level, because it is so culturally ingrained that it's it's part of how we socialize, it's part of how we eat, it's part of how we think about food. It's how ugly um, people get sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, um, <laughs> but I mean, even talking about like very moderate consumption, it is so ingrained, <clears throat> and it's not just the Western world. It really is the vast majority of cultures. There, I mean, there are areas where alcohol production isn't really feasible, and there are, you know, cultural and religious groups that shun consumption of alcohol, generally in favor of some other drug. Yeah. Um, so stimulants like caffeine are often a, a substitute for alcohol in the Muslim world. Coffee and tea are widely used in the Muslim world where alcohol is frowned on, if not outright prohibited. Yeah. So I guess it's just, I appreciate your science, but I, I have a hard time with it. My, my stuff all came from Wikipedia, so if you're interested, oh, if you're interested at home... This is can... not science. Dude, how is okay, it not? I gotta, I gotta speak, I'm speaking defense of Wikipedia oh, as geez. the teacher in the room. It's um, pretty good. They link directly to the articles or the, the studies. It's, it's like any other encyclopedia. You want to use the bibliography at the end to find the sources that it came from and check those out. But it's a good starting place if you just want a general overview of you know, common knowledge on a topic. And then you can go to the bibliography, find the sources they used, and then go to those sources' bibliographies sure. for more academic I mean, research. the thing with alcohol is that it is so widely researched. There are thousands of papers mm -hmm. that... It's not just that the, these stats come from, like, one particular thing, necessarily, right. that they are corroborated, sometimes from other cultures, different countries, <clears throat> stuff like that. Well, historically, one of the benefits of alcohol has been the fact that it helped feed the poor because in the Middle Ages taverns existed because the monks made alcohol and sold it and then used it used the money from selling the alcohol to feed the poor. Huh. Yep. Fascinating. Yep. We have history lesson as well. Well right. that's what happens. It's because your science was a little wacky. Yeah, it, it was weak. I, I decided that because sometimes when I go into the hard stuff, people just glaze over. Whatever. Like, Whatever. So, I like the hard stuff. Well, we, <laughs> if people out there want the hard stuff, <laughs> then... That was an alcohol joke. I not a you. Not a porn joke. All right, Kelly. <laughs> since you did that, you're getting the first listener question. Yes! What is the Marine Corps motto 
it's uh, hoorah and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> does anybody know? Semper, Semper Fidelis. Fi, yes. And what does it mean or why is it important? Always faithful. Okay. To? The Marines. Is that what it is? Cause I actually don't know. Aren't they a distinct branch mm -hmm. in the military that answers only to the president? Isn't that what Negative. I've heard? No. No? Isn't there something special about the Marines that they don't have a special... They can breathe underwater. <laughs> I thought it was that the Marines were like answerable only to the president and his directives. They they have a chain of command just like every other service. Well, yeah, Technically, they are part of the Navy. Okay. They don't you, like to say No, they don't oh. like to admit it. And I'm probably... And Noah's going to punch you. Noah will tell me later. <laughs> yes, we all know this. But technically, we have three branches to our military. And the Marines technically fall under a sub-branch of the Navy. All right. We got two questions from two different people that are both very similar. So I'll read them both, and you can decide which one you want to answer. One is from Max in Tumwater. Uh, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? The other one is from Will in Lacey. Uh, what is one place on Earth you would really want to see sometime in your life? I already gave mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, Africa in general, and I know there's such a great variety in Africa, but the, the southern part of Africa. Botswana would be awesome. Um, but I could compromise if that was too expensive. How, how do you feel about the, what is it, what do they call it now, the Democratic Republic of the Congo? Yeah, that I don't want to go there. Dang it, because that's where I want to go. No, it's incredibly dangerous. There's no possible way to go there safely. I, I don't really want to go there for safety. I want to go to that lake of no, lava no. at There's the There's no Niagara. way to go there safely. What do you mean? Like, you will die. Of what? Well, the Gun jungle is going to try and kill you. There is a high likelihood of you being macheted. <laughs> I'm not planning to drive there. And if that doesn't kill you, the lava will. Then, yeah. that's, that's the goal. Are you parachuting in? or? <laughs> I was thinking a helicopter would probably be the Highest best way. Highest incidence of sexual assault on women? No, no, I don't want to go to the Congo. I want to and go to a, a crater in the Congo. Okay. It's like 11,000 feet up to the lip, and then you go inside, and it's a huge cauldron of lava that is always perpetually bubbling. And it's like a half a mile across. And it's amazing. It's the biggest lava lake. Yeah, that's not the part of Africa I want to go to. Okay. Well, you can go to Botswana and I'll really helicopter hot. over to Congo. You hate hot yeah. things. I'm willing to deal with it to be next to a lava lake. So that's where I would like to go. He's also going to get sunburned for the first time in his life there. No, because I'll take up with those big like silver vest jacket suits. It's not really sunburn, it's more lava lava burn. Lava burn. They're different. Much different. They feel different. They feel about the same, no. I'd say probably a little more blistery. All right, Jackie, where do you want to go? I don't have any. No ambitions? You, no. Have, you want to stay at home in your crappy house in Minnesota? Yes. Alright. Scott? I know where you want to go. There's a few places I would like to see. I've always really wanted to see Machu, Machu Picchu. Okay. Like, it's been something I've wanted to see. You're going to need some more high altitude practice. Yes, I will. A couple more trips to Camp Muir. Is it really that high? Yeah. yeah. Like what? Like 10,000 feet? Uh, I think it's around 12 or 14. That's wow. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty high. And that, that really threw me off. My, my coworkers, Chinchilla. Is named Machu Picchu, and when you said I want to go to Machu Picchu, I thought you were talking about going to her house to play with Machu Picchu. <laughs> Anyways, continuing. Yeah, Kelly, you're continuing. Where do you want to go? Oh, is it my turn? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I want to go to Relais. Spell that. It's 47 degrees, 9 minutes south. No, not. Where is it? 126 degrees, 43 minutes west. It is the farthest point from any landmass in the ocean. Okay. And that's where uh, Lovecraft put Oh God. his, his horrible... Cthulhu City. <laughs> is it is it Wait, spelled isn't, relay? Isn't that R apostrophe L Y E H? Okay. Isn't that one of those like circling mounds of trash now that's out there? Possibly. Which ocean? I think that's mostly in. The, what ocean is this? Pacific. Okay. Because okay. that would be the biggest. It's actually one off the, the coast of point from land. South America. 
and it's between South America and the Arctic. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm bummed that they both specified Earth in their questions, because the real place I want to go is to the moon. Uh, more than anything on this planet, I want to stand on the moon. Ugh. Second, maybe space station. And if I don't want to go to the stupid hot jungles, uh, Antarctica. I think that would be really fun. The space hotel. So you're going to need about $60 million for the launch mm -hmm. to the space hotel, and then about a million dollars for your five-night stay. Sounds great. Pocket change. Shark everywhere so. if I was in a pocket change. <laughs> Now, the I question being, though, since speak. you want to go to Antarctica, what is the Southern Ocean, and does it exist? I don't think... Do we, is there a Southern Ocean? It on Look it up on your precious Wikipedia. I'm saying no. It depends according, on the... According to Wikipedia, it does. It depends on the map that you look at. I mean, I think generally considered the, the Southern Ocean would be the, the waters directly the surrounding Antarctica. Which other people might consider the southernmost points of the various other recognized oceans. No, I am a southern ocean denier. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Amy has a place, though. She wants to see. I want to go back to London. Really? You can't go yes. back to somewhere you've already been. London. You can have a free trip anywhere and you go back to somewhere you already went? Yes. Yeah, right. she totally would. Just, you, wouldn't go, you wouldn't go to Djibouti her, instead? Her one afternoon in London on her stopover heading to Rwanda takes up four pages in her scrapbook. She really? loves London. <laughs> She's just hoping to see Matt there. Well, there's that too. Matt Smith. Be a stalker. No. For a few days. No. All right. Next question comes in from Josh in Lacey. On average, we'll go with yearly average. How many hours a week do you play video games? And then how many different games per year do you play? Let's go with Melissa. She's got the easiest answer. Um, you play answer... a lot. No, I don't. You play more games than I do. In terms of and hours. The problem is... I play more games, in, you play more hours. It's probably fits and starts, though. Because there are some weeks where I don't play anything at all. And there are some weeks where you'll buy me a new, you know, five-episode... Like Sam and Max. Uh, or Sam and Max or something. And there'll be four snow days, and I'll sit at home and play them all. Sure, um, but since February, you've played 100 hours of Civ Five. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's... That's that's kind of a staple of your gaming diet with other yeah. things mixed in that, yeah. that spike it. Absolutely. But Civ Five is probably the majority of my my gaming. Average two three hours a week maybe. 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 Okay, Scott, you had a face on when I asked this question. I'm kind of most. I do. I definitely do fits and starts. Like I have weeks where I don't want to say how much it is. My wife said I can't. She knows. She's <laughs> giving me the look. She knows. But there are other weeks, like the last two or three weeks, I don't think I've played more than half an hour in the two weeks. Sure. Like, for instance, when that Battlefield 2 demo... Oh, God, we played so much of that beta. Oh, man, that beta. I think I had 70-some hours logged you did. in that beta. I only like, had 27, and you beat me by a long shot. I was, I was playing that a lot. I enjoyed the snot out of that. But, no, I, I would say I'm probably... I'd say I'm four to five hours a week if I had to average the year. Jackie's saying no. Jackie, how many hours did you play? Well, it depends on what you mean by video games. If you mean like those stupid games on the computer, oh, if you like solitaire those, or what? No, solitaire like, is a video game. Like, those like, like Facebook, Excel, Excel stupid and Facebook games. Excel no, and no, no. Are we talking about Facebook games? Are we talking about Farmville? Wait, wait, pump the brakes. What? You play? Yeah, you play yeah. Facebook games? Everyone's all in boarding class. What else are you gonna do? Like, or board at home. Search I don't know. Craigslist for stuff you might want to buy. I don't know. Not Facebook games. That gets me in more trouble. Oh, okay. Because then I come home going, honey, can I buy this? All right, what terrible games do you play on Facebook? Farmville. No, Duke. gosh. I, Mafia Wars? I played that for a little while and it got boring. Mm -hmm. It got really boring. There's some, 
What is that? Gregsville? Gregopolis? Gregory? It's not on Facebook, so it doesn't count. Okay, as a whatever. Game. It's on. Well, it's a there's game, a game though. There's a game called Grepolis where you like build like a little city and kind of, and you build an it's army and you can take over other people's cities and you build like a little empire, like in you know, <laughs> Melissa's taking a note. Times. <laughs> nah. And it's all online. It's. I don't play against but, other people. Remember? That's right. But the thing with this game is like you seriously like you pop onto the website once a day. You play for oh. ten oh. minutes. I I strongly think that is not once a day. Once times pi. Um. <laughs> so three times a day. Yes. For like five minutes, you like upgrade a couple buildings because you can't. It's all you can do because it takes like eight hours to upgrade oh, it's one on building. Cruise. Okay. So it's like. What are you doing? Like done. I'm stretching out my bum, my bum ankle because it is still broken from moving your crap. Your I'm not the broken. one that made your head hit the cement. I blame you. How did you break your ankle hitting your head? <laughs> that was a good question, Jackie. How did you pull that off? I twisted my ankle first, then hit my head on the way down. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Yeah. What games? How many games do you play? Zero. What? And I'm judging you all. <laughs> <laughs> you, own it. you don't know Jack. You play some of that? Uh, I don't think that was this year. That was yeah. yeah. No, that was this year. It was like February. Have you, have you no, played February. any Peggle this year? No. No, Peggle hasn't been played in a while. So I'm maybe. studying for licensure. Oh. Studying. For so licensure. averaging in a week, it might be like four or five minutes. Um, and maybe if yeah. that. All right. Yeah. Well, you can continue to judge us then. I will. I'll sit in my ivory tower. Well, Ugh. Kelly, wait, no, we'll save you for last because you're the big number. <laughs> Amy. I have no idea how many hours a week I would be considered playing because my computer will be up and. Like, Civ 2 will be running, but I'm not necessarily actively playing it. I may, like, be playing during commercial breaks or something like that. But between my computer and the PSP, maybe a dozen games cycled through, including Solitaire. In a full year? Yeah. Okay. But you I probably, like Solitaire. You probably, Amy probably racks up more hours playing than I do. Yeah. In an average week. Huh. Not by much, but a little bit more. I am definitely, like, a binge gamer. Like, when, when Kelly gave me Red Dead, I think I beat it in, like, a week. And that was, like, 35 hours or something. You know, when I got uh, Infamous... Uh, Infamous actually stretched out over, like, well over a year, though. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it is kind of just a weird hit-and-miss thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I probably only average, like, a week... Or uh, an hour a week. A week a week. I play so much. No, that's Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, tell me about your week a week. Well, back in the day when I used to play Final Fantasy games all the time, I probably... And I didn't have a job. I was probably packing away 60 hours a week. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, Wait, what was this? High school? What are you talking about? No, I didn't actually really start playing a lot of video games until after college. So okay. 2001-ish. 2002. So nowadays, though, what's, what's your... <clears throat> nowadays, it's it's kind of like everybody else. Like Today, I played probably four hours of... No, it's more than that. <laughs> Six or seven. Okay, today was a special. I'm gonna play video games day. I wanted all to play week this. has been no. How many hours have you put in Deus Ex since getting it on Tuesday? I Wednesday. played it for three hours the first day, five or six the next. Not touched it since. What? Until Last today. time we saw you, you said that you played like five hours. You're up to like two thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. that was still the first day though. Okay, that was like yeah. No, that was the first. Okay, that was a number of. Okay, so we're we're talking like five hours there. 
But that was like two Fair weeks enough, ago, right? Enough. And I actually haven't played anything other than what we played at PAX and Angry a little Birds. bit, and maybe an hour, it's a little bit of Angry Birds, maybe in two hours of Angry Birds over the course of the week, you know, so five minutes here. So the real, you probably cycle through the most different games over the course of a year. You probably hit 200 games in a year, including all your downloaded ones and fun back, games. Back in the day, yeah. Not sure. now? Not now, no. Even with all your games? Yeah. Like literally in the last two weeks, all I've played is just that, like at work. But you just told us that you played Groove Coaster and you played Not. I just played Groove Groove Coaster today. Just now. Fair enough. Actually, that was the first time I played it. And Deus Ex, I put in a number of hours today. But over the course of the last week, I haven't touched anything else. How about Not? Not. I put in about 20 minutes this morning. Okay. Yeah. All right. From Bob in Seattle. What is your favorite fair food? Like Puyallup fair. Fair food. Scones. Scones. No, 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 it doesn't have to be Pelt Fair. I was just making it clear that that's the kind of fair. So scones, scones, scones. We went to wow. the Minnesota Stupid Fair, <laughs> which is supposed to be like fried stuff on a stick haven, and I hated all of it. Because you don't like fried stuff. I don't fried like fried stuff. Fried stuff. If you can think of it, they have fried it and put it on a Do stick. Do they have fried scones on a stick? <laughs> no, there is Thank no goodness. scones is in Minnesota. Have, is this where they have the fried Kool-Aid? What? And, <laughs> Probably. Yeah. They have fried, fried butter fried on a Oreos, stick. Fried Oreos, oh, fried butter on a stick. That sounds like something from the South. They have Ugh. bacon covered Wait, in chocolate. Oh, no, I'm not. On a stick. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, how do you get on a stick? Do you, like, wibwab it? I, I didn't. I love that word. <laughs> wibwab it? Like, kebab it? Is that what you're going Yeah, like, you know, fold it over like Weave a ribbon. We it? it? Sure. I don't know. Is that even the right word? <laughs> yes. Wibwab <laughs> What else did we see? My favorite was the fresh fruit on a stick. Fried. Fresh fruit, but it's been... Fried. But it's been like coated in like batter first? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I think so. I'm on board with that. <laughs> it was fresh. It, I guess it wasn't frozen when they started. That's why I, they call it fresh brew. I'm guessing so. Yeah. I don't it's... like fair food, except scones. Right. You I like demo burgers. And the, I love yeah, demo burgers from the local fairs. Is Lake Fair a fair? Yeah. Because yeah. there's the mud pie, too. The it's got, yeah, it's, it's Lake <laughs> well, Fair. And I ate one this year. It's a fair in Olympia. I ate one this year in your honor. It's an unbroken tradition. It's ten years old now. Uh, I I still remember the time we went and you spilled chocolate over your jeans. A little bit. Yeah, you were very upset because you had just got. I remember that time your mom spilled an entire pitcher of water on my jeans. (laughs) (laughs) It was more than just your jeans. It was just like, here's some water, Kelly. It was amazing. I'm going to have to go with the Buffalo Burgers back from the Spokane Interstate Fair. I don't even know if they still serve them, but they used to have 100% buffalo. It was amazing. Buffalo is good. Question for Scott, since we're here. What's up with Spokane having too few people? Too few? Yes. That was a a topic from a couple episodes ago. But when we went there, we felt that it was like a great city that only had half the population. Uh, We being Luke. Like we were downtown walking between restaurants and stuff and almost passing nobody on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Like it was a ghost town. Is it just that it's too spread out? That's the biggest thing in Spokane. Especially if you... you, Growing up here on the west side, I just think it's a very different way of living. It's one of the things I disliked about Seattle and liked a little more about Portland. Portland is more spread than Seattle is. Sprawl is actually one of the leading causes of the decline of Western civilization, so you're a bad person. (laughs) Right. You you killed that. (laughs) But is it just that it's too... Yeah, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and there, there are so many, uh, d- well, downtown needs work, 
but it's actually it's nice it's nice it's just it doesn't draw people as well except for like i wish you guys were coming back with us this weekend for big out in the park tons of people downtown uh, sure anytime there's an event in the park exactly. spokane fills up great i mean Shaggy drew 50,000 people down there. Wait, like, you're the man, not Shaggy? Shaggy. Mr. Boombastic, yeah. That's the dude. Mr. Boombastic. I saw him at Bumbershoot. Terrible. Right, Amy, I saw him there. I said scones. Everybody's scones except us. Scones. Man, I said If I'm going to go dessert, it's elephant ears. If you can put a scone in a demo burger, that would be my favorite. That would be terrible. Oh, that would be terrible. Wait, wait. Scone, no, you mean the other way around. A patty on a scone. And then no, deep fry it and put it on a stick. We need to, next time Melissa's out of town, you're coming over and we're making scone burgers. Oh, yes. All right. Melissa, I'm going to need you to leave. <laughs> Allison, formerly of Seattle, she's in Olympia right now. Uh, what technological advances do you think most promote laziness? This internet. is our last question. The internet. Yeah? Yeah. More, more than anything? Yeah. kind of laziness. Yeah, all kinds of laziness, brain laziness. Chairs sitting there. Jackie, unpack this for me. Chairs. Chairs. You sit on a chair. You don't do anything. You can do stuff while you're sitting. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Maybe you don't, but other people do. I'm gonna one up you there. Floors. Bam. Bam. Number one, beds. Video games. You are just so bitter. I hate video games. I know that. I'm the cause of that. What about you girls? Technological advances promoting laziness. Cell phones? Uh, you know, cell phone cameras. Okay. And 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 I, I say this with some trepidation because I, I have seen some legitimate uses of cell phone cameras, but one of the things that has come up in recent conversations with teachers is the the practice of students sexting. <laughs> no. Well, that has come up <laughs> as well, but I, I'm talking laziness. Um, and I, I was thinking uh, kids who surreptitiously take pictures of their tests with their phones Ooh, yeah. and send them to each other. So in terms of like academic laziness, brain laziness, the, the, the idea that you don't have to commit anything to memory, just take a picture of it and recall it sure. at any time. I don't know if that's the most, but it's the one that comes to mind first. Fair enough. Yeah. I nothing's coming specifically to mind that hasn't already been said. No. Technology makes life easier, and when life is easy, we don't feel the need to work as hard, and we get lazy. So I mean, we could say that forks promote laziness as well. That's true. They do. All right. I think that will do it for questions, which also means that we'll do it for this episode. Uh, next time, uh, I guess the podcast will be up on the twenty-first of September. We're going to talk about the whole idea of homemade versus store-bought anything, whether that's building a computer or making your own food or clothing, I guess, for people that make clothing. That seems weird to me. Gifts. Um, gifts, sure. Homemade gifts versus the store-bought. And also how we would spend $20 million. I'm looking forward to that one quite yes. a bit. There'll be a premise that makes it... I know, think about that on sense. a daily basis. This yeah, be a good constantly. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, Feedback, uh, you can email us at tnspodcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash tnspodcast. And uh, I think that'll do it. If you're on iTunes, rate us. Rate us. Good. Give us like four, maybe, or five. That'd be great. <laughs> if you don't give us a five, I'm going to hunt you down. Probably not, because we can't do that. So don't do it, because I can't stop you. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks, guys. It all started 
with a birthday party. It started three years ago in September. It was a simple idea then, and it's a simple idea now. You see, there were a billion people living in our world that didn't have something they needed, something I'd always taken for granted, something I'd never gone without, clean drinking water. So we started an organization to help them. It was called Charity Water. Now these billion people, they got their water from awful places and it made them sick. From ponds, from muddy rivers and dry riverbeds, sometimes from puddles in the ground. Millions of kids and their moms walked hours and hours each day to get at this dirty water. But there was good news, you see. There were ways to help them. There were solutions that could help those billion people get clean water. Solutions like digging and drilling wells, protecting mountain springs, and catching the rainwater. So full of faith, we just started. We didn't have any money. We didn't even have an office. We just started with a birthday party. I was turning 31, so I asked my friends to come to a party and give $20 instead of gifts for my birthday. 700 people came. We took all the money raised that night to a refugee camp in Uganda and funded six wells there. My birthday party in New York changed lives in Uganda. We kept going. More people joined me. We found a cheap office to work out of and we fixed it up. We built an outdoor exhibition and put dirty water in tanks, showing people what it would look like if they had to drink from our rivers and our ponds. We built a website and we sold things like $20 e-cards and $20 bottles of water. We created ad campaigns and got free space to show them. We made commercials that ran on TV and across the web. We took photos of the people we served in Africa and shared their stories in galleries and theaters across the country. Everything we did seemed to work. Kids raised money, churches raised money, schools raised money. Retailers gave up windows to spread awareness and sold clothes to raise money. We got help online from our friends at Facebook, YouTube, Google, and Twitter. Even newspapers, magazines, and television networks told our story. Every September, we did something really special. And when Charity Water turned one year old, I gave up my birthday again, but this time asked people to donate $32 for my 32nd birthday. And this time, we asked others to join me. September babies from around the world gave up their birthdays, and together we raised $150,000 to bring water to hospitals and schools in Kenya. And last year, even more people joined, and we got bigger results. The idea spread around the world, and the September birthday campaign raised almost $1 million for Ethiopia. Over 50,000 people there got clean water to drink. Now, we've gotten an awful lot done in three years. We've now raised more than $10 million, which means 721,000 people in 15 countries will get clean and safe water to drink. We have helped almost a million people. Almost. We need your help getting there. We'll ask you to give up your September birthdays again, but we'll keep going into October, November, April, and May. And not just your birthdays this time. You can give up gifts for your weddings and anniversaries. You can run marathons, climb mountains, jump out of planes, all to build wells and give people clean water. I invite you to fight alongside us. Help us help a million people and then keep going. We will not stop until every single person on the planet has clean and safe water in the